What's up, everybody? The hardest part of the ring is here, is queer, and is here for some tits and ass. It's kind of it's kind of contradictory to say that I'm queer, but also here for some tits and ass. I don't know. It's a whole thing. Uh, <laughs> anyways, yes, yes. Today we have some action for you guys. Not just action, non-stop action. <laughs> oh, this non-stop action, it's not just partial non-stop action. Total non-stop action. TNA Wrestling on Thanksgiving Eve, and boy howdy. What am I faint? What fucking? What am I thankful for? I'm thankful for some Kevin Nash. I'm thankful for Jeff Jarrett. Thankful for fucking Elix Skipper and the NASCAR guy that's wrestling on this show for some reason. All of it I'm thankful for because man, what a interesting question mark show. I was trying to think of an adjective for this pay-per-view that we're covering today and I couldn't think of one because it's kind of uh there's a lot of uh, you know uh, you know with TNA there's always lots of uh, hits and also a lot of misses you know a lot a lot, lot of home runs a lot of lot, a lot of doubles but also the occasional you know the the bat slips out of your hand and hits a tiny mexican child in the crowd so there's there's a little bit of everything um, but all in all, it's always very, um, fun to go back and watch old school TNA, TNA when they're still kind of trying to figure themselves out. And, uh, yeah, said it before, we're still kind of in that era where the X division is just, you know, starting to take off. The tag division is red hot and, uh, yeah, Jeff Jarrett's still there holding down the main event. So, uh, don't worry, everybody, no shortage of, Double J and all these shenanigans that follow him. And boy, howdy, do we get into it with uh, Charlie from the Get Show podcast returns. You might remind you might remember him from the uh, the Ring of Honor show we did a few weeks ago. I believe that was Night of Appreciation. Really had a really good time with him on that show, so I figured I'd make him suffer and watch some old school. T- <laughs> I'm kidding. It was it was a, there was a lot of good stuff on this show, but whether your opinion on that aligns with mine, the fact is that uh, me and Charlie had a really good time uh, talking about this show and uh, other nonsense involving TNA. So with that, uh, make sure to check out all of his information below. It's the Get Cho podcast on all podcast platforms and at Get Show Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and all that shit. So let's get to it. TNA Against All Odds 2005 with myself and Charlie from the Get Show Podcast. Yeah, honestly, I, like, I kind of prefer doing them in the mornings just because like I have like, that coffee buzz. And I feel like I'm a little, it's better than that morning, afternoon, like the, the 2 p.m.s as they call them. Mm. Sorry, there's like somebody fucking jackhammering outside my window. I don't know if you can hear that. That's a likely story. What are you doing over there? 
Don't want to, yeah, don't <laughs> like, <think questions>. are, <laughs> why, why are you asking all everything about my life? Jigsaw ass, get out of here. Some guy trying <laughs> saw himself out of a freaking like trap right now. <laughs> like, are you here, just dude. watching him? <laughs> <laughs> that'd be that'd be pretty tame for the street. I'll put it that way. <laughs> oh wow. Oh no, for real. What's going on over there? <laughs> um anyways. So uh Jeff Jarrett. No, um uh, <laughs> sorry. Stroke. <laughs> Like literally, <laughs> oh, don't worry, don't worry. We'll we'll dive right into that. that oh my god, that should you know you know what, where I screwed up though. I watched like every single match before the Jarrett match like two weeks ago, so it's still like it's not really fresh in my head. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I, like I'm right. I'm trying to like you know remember everything. Don't worry, I'll I'll, I'll do my best to uh to jog you. Jog yeah, you I'll, a little bit. I'll I'll need you on this one, but. Because I've, I've made that mistake before, too. Like, I'll watch a show, and then I won't do the podcast for, like, two or three weeks, and I'll be like, wait, what happened? Exactly. I, I trusted myself to remember, but then I, it was just, like, like I'll be honest with you, this whole election stuff has been, like, all, all in my head, so I'm like, you know. Dude, I, I haven't watched any, like, current stuff this week, I don't think. You're, oh, really? Well, mainly because I've been, because I did, I did another podcast, like, two days ago. Okay. And I did this one, and, I, and I'm, I'm, like, OCD, so I have to watch, like, all the impacts. And if I do like a WWE one, I have to watch all the Rawls. It's like a whole thing. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Same yeah. here. I did. I did. I did my podcast two days ago. So we're we're finally back. So I just I saw that. Yeah. yeah. I, haven't gotten, I haven't gotten a chance to listen to it yet, but I'll probably listen to it on the on my drive today. Uh. Well. Sorry in advance, then. <laughs> so, sorry for anybody with ears. <laughs> it was like the the ending is kind of ridiculous. Well, other than that, I mean, it's it's just you know regular bullshit. You know. I mean, that's you guys' charm. You know. No, that's exactly it's it's like basically a barbershop you know yeah an, an asian barbershop Ooh, so it's all bowl cuts exactly that's what i'm saying like, <laughs> <laughs> that joke is like was like a, like a bump set spike that was pretty good dude yeah <laughs> i have like 12 more jokes but i feel like you guys already covered them in your podcast some, uh, uh, meh, meh. Some, some with the samurai samurai sword instead of clippers some something with that <laughs> all, all the tools are there for the joke with, with pain change it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but man, speaking of pain and change, total nonstop action. Mm-hmm. Man, thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for uh for coming on here. Yeah, of I course know I'm. it's a it's a pretty odd request of somebody to be like, hey, can you wake up early on a Saturday to talk about mid two thousands TNA? <laughs> <laughs> Not my worst Saturday morning. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it could be worse. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, man. So um, you said you got a chance to watch it. I mean, from what you remember. Uh, what were what were your like overall general thoughts of the show? Like, did it meet your expectations or uh, not? Yeah, it's it's uh, you ever watch uh Mad TV that show lowered expectations? I, I vaguely remember <laughs> it. Yeah, basically it's a it's a dating it's a dating service and like and it's <laughs> the the people's profiles are, they're all just like clunkers. So it's sort yeah. of so basically like I'll just get to the point. Like I didn't have much ex- expectations for it, and then. It worked out well. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. I I find myself I find myself being entertained, but not for the right right, right reasons. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much that's pretty much TNA in a nutshell. Exactly. Like. It's like it's like the bookers are like, oh, they're gonna love this. I'm like, not for the reason that you think you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I should ask. Did you like watch TNA as it was going on? No, I didn't actually. I, I didn't. Re- I didn't have cable back in the day, so it was all just like internet. And you know how internet wasn't right. that big in the wrestling industry, so it was all hearsay. You know, it was all like you're you're finding stuff here and there. So I knew about like AJ Styles and and Samoa Joe and Christopher Daniels, but I didn't actually watch anything. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just like happened to stumble upon it in like 2006, 2007. Mm-hmm. So like this, this kind of era right here is something that I've never seen before. And I was like, against all odds, 2005, I really don't know anything that happened on this show. And then, you know, well, kind of when you're watching it, you can kind of understand why, because there's a lot of like stuff that's either like very forgettable or stuff that feels like it's like the first chapter and like a bigger story. Yeah. Um, but I mean, watching, I mean, TNA, <laughs> I always have fun watching TNA shows because like you said, there's some stuff that's just hilariously bad, like <laughs> car crash bad, but there's also like a little, some pretty good wrestling mixed in between. So yeah, it's a pretty good combination of like all kinds of enjoyment. I think I just don't get it. It's like a bunch of like, like assholery. So it's t- total nonstop assholery. And I'll, <laughs> I'll like, and like all of a sudden a great match breaks out. I'm like, what the, like, like what just happened here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's like, yeah, that, that's always what TNA was. They had like some things they did really well. Like, um, like this, this is a small thing, but they're the opening video package to the show. I don't know if you remember, but, it was it was like so epic, like it got yeah, me so. Oh, yeah. It had like that, that like Morgan Freeman guy. It wasn't Morgan Freeman, but the, the guy he like just passed away, I think, uh, recently. Who? Um, oh, I, I couldn't tell you his name. Okay, but he had the, the talks like this. Yeah, AJ Styles, the so, XT, you know that guy. So uh, Sean Connery. Yeah, <laughs> was that what it sounded like? Oh no. Let's just call him. Let's just call him Logan Freeman. Logan Freeman, I got it. I got it. <laughs> no, but you're right. You're right. That like that opening package was incredible. That voice it just makes me want to watch anything. You know, it, it could have been like another like political debate. I've been like, oh yeah, here we go. Let's watch it. <laughs> Give me some more, more Give in my me, veins. More, more Pence versus Kamala Harris. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, I need it. I need it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like like some stuff like that. TNA did pretty well. Um, and then like the first match represented like what they had right. Is uh, P.D. Williams versus Elix Skipper. Um, so it's at this point. So th- this is their their fourth ever like three hour official pay per view. So they're still like pretty new in the grand scheme of things, and they just moved to the Impact Zone like a couple months ago. So they're still like figuring things out, and they're still like in kind of in this mindset of like trying to be WWE, but they're kind of transitioning out of it at this time, which gives us stuff like this, and they know like the X Division. They're starting to realize that, that that's like the thing that sets them apart from everybody else. And um, so they throw this match out here to open the show. And I thought that was a really good call. Um, so Petey Williams versus Elix Skipper. It's not a title match or anything. But uh, Mike Tanay does mention on commentary that uh, the next pay-per-view, Destination X, is going to be a four-way Ultimate X match for the title. So this match is like kind of unofficially a, a qualifying match for this. So I like kind of like that because it, it sets like some stakes to it for a match that really didn't have any build or any stakes before. Um, so yeah, you have like two really talented guys in the ring, obviously, but now you have like a reason to care about it. So that that's another thing that I think TNA was pretty good at. Um, so the match was fantastic. I mean, it's X division match. You know what you're getting. Um, I do like for anybody listening or you. Do you, do you remember? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, you're probably the only one listening, to be honest. But um, <laughs> let's be real. All right, let's let, now it's down to zero. Then <laughs> let's go. Ahead, go ahead. My bad. Go ahead. <laughs> Seth Rollins, me right there. Yeah. You um, are the disciple. I am the Messiah. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, my bad. Do Do you remember? You've seen Elix Skipper walk in the cage, right? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I uh, like because this is like fresh off of it. This is him he, going, getting over the wall, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I know you're talking about but, but yeah, go, I just had to throw that joke in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he like does a callback to it. He like sets Petey on the ropes and then walks the ropes to do a Hurricane Rana. Uh, but Scott Demore, who's out there with Petey Williams, Team Canada is all out there. Yeah. He holds on to Petey. Petey stays on the ropes. So Elix, Elix crumbles to the mat. Um, then they keep tussling for a little bit longer. And then Petey Williams goes for the Canadian Destroyer, which is actually a finisher in 2005. What? It's insane. It's, it's <laughs> such a concept I can't even grasp. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that a guy does a full backflip on his head and, and, he, and, and he, he stays down. He stays down. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't just transition into a headlock takeover. Uh, this ain't like Day of Reckoning or No Mercy or WrestleMania 2000 or anything. Day of Reckoning. <laughs> this dude plays GameCube. Oh, of course. Heck yeah. Man. <laughs> that's not a personality in a nutshell <laughs> but uh, uh i'll go ahead i i, 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 I oh, just just to kind of wrap it up so he, yeah. he, go, he goes for the canadian destroyer and then uh elix counters it into like an emerald fusion type of move which he calls the sudden death and uh elix gets the win here with that so uh elix skipper beats pd williams who uh williams is like fresh off one of the longest x division title runs at this point so pretty big win for him um and i enjoyed the match what about you Oh, uh, I wanted to Elix skip it. Oh man, that joke just fell out. <laughs> I'm going to add dead air to that <laughs> when I put this out. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh man, I was so excited you, for that joke. You, I, I, I heard you. I heard you burst at the scenes. You had something in mind. I was like, oh my god, what's he gonna fucking? <laughs> what's gonna dribble all over my face? Uh, I actually love this match. It was really good. Like the the one thing I th- I, I um took note of was like PD Williams is so smooth in the ring. Like his Dude, transition, yeah. his offense, it was just it was just fun to watch. And of course, Elix Skipper is great in himself. These two guys showed that you know that X division was incredible, and it made me really want to watch that that uh that the next pay per view. You know, because like if this is just a preview mm-hmm. of it, it was like, oh my god, these guys are great. The only thing that that threw me off was the ending of the match. Where like, yeah, like I love how Dermore like you know changed momentum of the match. You know, where where he blacked that her and Karana was a great spot. You know, that's this is what like managers are there for, you know, to like create drama yeah. in the match. And he did it, he he filled his role perfectly, you know. But uh the only thing that threw me off was like the the near falls got really clunky. Do you do you recall that? Like it was just like near fall, near fall, near fall. But it was like it wasn't smooth. They were like kind of stumbling in their spots. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that dude, took I me away. That, that took me away from it. And then uh, I also took note that uh Trish Stratus has a better matrix than uh Eel Skipper. <laughs> i would agree with that <laughs> that was pretty bad like like but but besides that just that's just me being uh being picky i love the ending like the one that you alluded to where like he blocked the canadian destroyer countered it to i thought it was an air raid crash but it, you know this that move has like a million names yeah yeah yeah. white noise yeah right there's so i'm like i'm emerald flosion like i i keep i forget all the other names but uh right, right. i loved it it was a great opener and it, it got me excited for the rest of the event Hell yeah. Yeah, I love, you know, you touched on Petey Williams and how smooth he is. I think that needs to be like, I feel like he's so, I think underrated is such like an overused term. I hate to use it, but like he really is. I mean, I feel like, because he got kind of lost, not lost in the shuffle, but just, there was just so much talent in the X Division during this time. And he kind of maybe got buried under like AJ Styles, Daniels, Smojo, and guys like that. I feel like people don't really give Petey Williams the credit for how good he was. And I mean, he was there for a long time. You know, the whole Scott Steiner stuff. Oh, the- <laughs> I love that stuff. That's like what I like associate him with now. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. The Maple Leaf Muscle or. Oh, my God. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot his name. Oh, that was great. 
but yeah, he he was known like pretty much like a one trick pony because everyone knew him knew him for the destroyer. They're like, do the destroyer, do the, that's what everyone was so hyped up about. But then you forget that he was just as great in the ring. But then I think that's a testament to how great the guys that you aforementioned, like the AJ Styles, the Low Keys, and like the the Christopher Daniels, how great they were to be able to overshadow mm-hmm. such a talent like PD Williams. Yeah, he's like. I don't know. It sounds like cliche and corny just because he's Canadian, but he reminds me, he's like an X division version of Bret Hart. Like, like just how like smooth he is, like just like simple moves. He does like, he does like a Russian leg sweep that makes me like jizz all over myself. It's so good. Add in some more dead air in that one. no you're right though i mean same thing like great minds take alike you know extra soggy tissues for that one i know you mean exactly exactly that's gonna be the title of this episode extra soggy (laughs) tissues no it'll dry up after this match i'll tell you that (laughs) (laughs) yes this next match will uh surely dry up or uh flaccid you up or whatever flaccid um, you up <laughs> whatever buzz you had <laughs> whatever, exactly. whatever your genitals were doing in that previous match there like this matching me charmin soft mm, charmin soft <laughs> that's, that's your nickname right yeah exactly frankie kazarian and michael shane versus bg james and jeff hammond so anybody listening if you if you're like who the fuck is Jeff Hammond, he's a uh, a NASCAR commentator. And uh, if you're like, hey, why is a NASCAR commentator wrestling on a pay per view? My answer would be TNA. <laughs> <laughs> God, what a fucking cast of characters! So you have three live crew come out, which already is just a mess. It's a road BG James, aka Road Dog, uh, R Truth, and Conan. So, I mean, I guess the idea is like, oh, different races. How are they going to get along? Kind of deal. But it's like the you add our music. <laughs> Do you not like their theme song? Actually, I, I kind of did like it. It's, it's, it's sad to say. I don't know. I don't. I don't know why. But I like. I like Kate Quick's music or Road uh, R Truth, Kate Quick. There's like, so many names. Yeah, yeah. K Dog. Like, I was a sucker for his, his theme song in um Get Rowdy. You know what yes. I'm talking about in WWE? Yes. Yeah. I was so I actually kinda like their theme music. So Dude, I've I've brought up Get Rowdy like three times on this podcast to people and they're all like, What the fuck are you talking about? So I'm fine. I'm glad I have somebody that can appreciate it too. Thank you, thank you. But same thing, I'm probably gonna go one for one and just say it now and never say it again. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I need. But um so we got a tag team match here with so they're on one hand, I can, I can see what TNA is trying to do at this point. You know, they're they're still very early in their development. They just got to uh, not FS1, but like some Fox channel, some like offshoot Fox channel. And um, so they're trying to get some mainstream uh, coverage, I guess. And I mean, I used to be really big into NASCAR, so I knew who Jeff Hammond was. And, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a name associated with that sport, which is more mainstream than TNA, obviously. So I get them bringing him in. And you can, you can tell by the way he talks, you know, like I said, I watched all the impacts leading up to this and they would have him on commentary a lot. And you could tell just from how he was talking that he was like a, a lifelong wrestling fan and that he knew like what he was getting into and he knew like the, the context of everything. So for that, I can appreciate, um, <laughs> but, uh, the match here. So the crowd, first of all, the first thing I noticed, the crowd just sounded annoyed <laughs> that this match was happening. And, 
Um, I mean, the match was what it was. It was kind of short, thankfully. Um, but ultimately, who gets the pin? Jeff Hammond. Ugh. How does he get the pin? With the pit stop. <laughs> oh my god! What are your thoughts on the on the pit stop elbow drop? I mean, okay, that's a move. I'm not a hundred percent angry about it because that's a move where you can get over. You know, sort of like the worm. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. If you if you pin people over and over with that move, then it's okay. You know, it's like sort of like the what's the other move I'm thinking about by Santino Morel, the the Cobra. Cobra. Yeah, or even like the people's elbow. The people's elbow is similar. Thank you. You know, it's like it's like you can get it over. So it's not the worst thing in the world. But I'm assuming this is like Jeff Hammond's only match ever. So we're supposed Probably. to. So we're supposed to to believe that he runs like he runs in a, in a full circle and falls on top of somebody, and then you're supposed to, and it's supposed to finish someone. So well, I was like, okay, I gotta stop you there. He's not like, running. He's not running in a circle. I don't know if you notice his hands, but he has his hands on the steering wheel. So he's actually driving in a circle. Oh, that makes it so much mm-hmm. worse. Do you get it? Do you get it? <laughs> I 100% get it, and I didn't want to get it. You, you, you could have kept it. <laughs> like, you know, I, wow. Oh. Like, so the only thing I thought of was like, this is definitely when Frankie Kazarian quit TNA. Yes, yeah, I was about to mention that because he did. I think it was right after the show, actually. Oh, wait, wait, are you serious? Yeah, I mean, this is his last appearance. Oh, oh my! So, so they, so he left, like you know, because like a lot of guys when they leave, they put over stars. He put over NASCAR. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's funny because I I didn't realize that until I was kind of like looking over the show after I watched it. So I I had no idea that Frankie Kazarian went to WWE. I have like no recollection of that. He did. He did. He was. He wrestled on Velocity, dude. He was the future Frankie Kazarian. They built. I, I watched. I actually turned on an episode of Velocity last night to watch this, and he debuts with like a promo, and then he faces Nunzio, and then he's like undefeated on Velocity for like two or three months. But that, that's like the extent of what he did, and then I think he left like right after that. Did he get pinned by like Kyle Busch or something? <laughs> Man, your your NASCAR knowledge it has some depth to it. No, I had to go deep into my brain on that one. But you just, you just Wikipedia it real quick. <laughs> no, no, I actually, I, mean, I know some racers. I, I was gonna say like Petty or some shit, but like, but like, oh, I, I knew Kyle Busch's whole name. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, after this match, so I guess you know when you look at the characters in this in this match, you have BG James, who we'll get to later, but he's pretty much involved in something else after this. Frankie Kazarian's gone. And Michael Shane. I mean, I don't know what happens with Michael Shane. I know he had a pretty good run in Ring of Honor, but in TNA, I don't really think he did much. See, thanks to you, I've seen more Michael Shane than I care to see. (laughs) (laughs) This is is the second show where we're like, oh, look, more Michael Shane. (laughs) More Michael Shane is what everybody is clamoring for in 2020. It's just as useful as more Cowbell. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When I was popular. (laughs) Well, Michael Shane, the cousin of Shawn Michaels. So one, one thing also from this match... Is he broke out the sweet chin music like with the stomp and everything? Yeah, uh, and then he he missed uh, whoever I guess Jeff Hammond. He ducks and then he hits his partner and then it's a whole thing. You know uh, that whole thing, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Jeff Hammond thankfully gets the win here. Hopefully that guy gets built and uh, gets a world title shot sometime down the road. Yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, hold, 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 hold on. Hopefully he drives into victory lane. <laughs> Hopefully he reverses back to where he came from. 
Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he drives into a wall somewhere. <laughs> well, I mean, whatever. This like if I had to give this match a rating, I gave it two MAGA hats face down. Is that <laughs> that's like three negatives. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> Negative minus five stars. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you might want to save those negative stars for uh this next match here. Okay, okay. <laughs> so um yeah. Dustin Rhodes versus Raven. And uh, this is not 1994 WCW. This is not WWE. This is 2005 TNA, Dustin Rhodes versus Raven. And uh, do you hear that drill? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I was, someone behind me is just, uh, just brushing her teeth. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's good improv there. Um, um, you know, uh, no, for real, for real. No, for real, what is that? See, I think... I don't know. Someone's probably building a deck like 10 feet away from me. Oh my per- perfect time. <laughs> They're building Sorry. the new Hell in a Cell cage, but this time it's going to be blue. <laughs> Dude, no shit. This is like totally off topic. I literally had a dream where they had Hell in a Cell, uh-huh. but like every match they like made the color different. It's, it's a very uninteresting story, but it's just bizarre that you brought that up when I literally had a dream of that a few hours ago. Do you um, know what? I could see WWE doing that now, like modern times like if they had a Sin Cara match the cage would be blue and yellow oh it's just a matter of time before it's all LEDs and it's just like flickering different colors no, that. that would be awesome if it, was, if it was like Naomi versus like Liv Morgan and like it just kept flickering like different lights the whole time nobody has said it would be awesome to see Naomi versus Liv Morgan in Hell in a Cell <laughs> that's not a thought that's ever seeped out <laughs> into the ether <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> Iron Man match like <laughs> one hour sixty minutes minute. submission. Dude, yeah. <laughs> and it'll Look be it. like <laughs> it'll be just like Bret Hart versus uh Shawn Michaels where there's like no falls. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> sudden death. <laughs> sudden death. Jose Lothario's in the background. <laughs> like, oh my god. If that's if that's if that's what WWE needs, it is. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, going good. I, I totally interrupted you. <laughs> No, <laughs> you didn't. You, you interrupted my mindless rambling. No, no, that's um, a really interesting story. Wow, I mean, an interesting dream. I usually dream about other things, but <laughs> well, let's just talk about it. No, God, no. <laughs> Raven versus Dustin Rhodes. <laughs> Speaking about wet dreams, yeah, exactly. Dustin Rhodes versus Raven, and uh, so the whole premise of the storyline here is that uh, Raven he's he's kind of on a losing streak. So on Impact, he beats some random jobber. Uh, and then he breaks the Cassidy Riley is the guy's name. And then after the match, he breaks his fingers for no reason. And then just keeps beating the shit out of him. But then, uh, old natural comes out to, uh, save the day. And then Raven doesn't like that. And then now we have a pay-per-view match. So, uh, now we're all cut up. Now makes we're sense. all cut up. It makes sense. And, uh, again, this is like, you know, two guys with name value. So I see what they're going for, but like, they're kind of transitioning out of it. Thankfully, where they know. That's not really what people want to see. And you can kind of get a sense from the crowd watching this. that They didn't really care about this match. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this match just felt like. Because Dustin Rhodes actually had like has had some OK matches in TNA, but this was not one of them. And uh, it just felt like there was no like peaks or valleys to it. It just felt kind of stale to me. Um, like I didn't care about it. And at no point was I like on the edge of my seat waiting to see what happened. Uh, but ultimately, Raven just wins out of nowhere with uh, his feet on the ropes. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's all post-match thing, too. But what do you think about the the match itself? 
All right. I how long how long is this podcast? Uh, five hours. Okay, good because four of those hours might be on this match. Fantastic. Oh, like okay, so uh, you know how I just gave that one match like negative three stars? Yeah. Yeah, I this one is like negative thirty three because it's just, <laughs> like I I don't know where to start, but how how bad this is? First of all, first of all, the looks of these wrestlers, like how they look, good. really good, right? Couple of athletes. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> like, like that's it's like a maybe in golf. Yeah, <laughs> Happy Gilmore golf. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, well, just to put it in perspective, if Guy Fieri were Mario, right? Uh-huh. Dustin would be Luigi. <laughs> that look that he came out—it was like—and it looked like he drew his beard with like a makeup pen. It really did. Or like a Sharpie. You know, he just looked god-awful. But then, like, just if you were... You can't stop right there. Then you see Raven. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, he really let himself go, didn't he? Like, this is, like, definitely the tail, tail, tail end of his career. You yeah. Know? Raven, yeah. He, Raven. okay, I'm going to spot off. Raven looked like an evil t- Tatanka. <laughs> evil you know? t- Did he have the black, uh, the black, the black face? Oh, I mean, like, you remember that? I know exactly what you're saying, but yeah, <laughs> there's no way to transition from that. Yeah, exactly, but but I, I it just amazed me how like out of shape he was because it's like it's kind of embarrassing, you know. So Raven, like here, I'm, like I got Raven. He looking like more like looking like Raven Simone. Oh. Look, <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to hear that. <laughs> he's looking. He's more looking more like uh, Raven flocks to the fridge. Looking like, quote the Raven. I'll eat some more. Looking like, I can't. I got. I can't, There's so many jokes right. that I just thought we, of. We need like, twelve more. I'm gonna need twelve more. Twelve more. Okay. Uh, Raven. <laughs> Raven looking like, you know, well, you know his old per- persona in WWE. Yeah. Sky Flamingo. Oh, that well. Yeah. Old. Oh, I thought I was yeah. thinking like 2001. Oh no, this was this was uh. Scotty Flamingo is that what his name was? Yeah, but he looked in this one. He looked like Scotty ate the whole flamingo. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see yeah. that. I, all right, I'm here every, every Saturday morning, guys. Every Saturday morning. Raven. Every, unfortunately, he's here. I can't well, get rid of him. Well, anyway, this match was like the world's shittiest upskirt video because, like, that killed. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. Is there, is there like a scale for upskirt videos? <laughs> well, if there was, this would be the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. It's fuck the star rating. We need upskirt video. <laughs> stars this kind of goes back to to what my dreams were would be uh-huh. but anyway uh, okay, up, okay. Up, up raven skirt <laughs> anyway this match was like i don't know what to say because it's like it just did the, it was like one of the worst book matches i've ever seen because it's like okay they did a ref bump after the match you, do you remember that like for some reason for no like, reason yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was like no reason like why why is there a ref bump when he was gonna cheat to win anyway like he yeah. cheated it with his feet on the ropes but he 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 the rough went down after the match. Like why? Exactly. You know, and like same thing. It was like like in the middle of the match. Like they were trying to just tease this whole like ankle lock. You know, like they had Raven doing the ankle Devastating. lock. Yeah, but then it was like he didn't work the leg the whole match. All of a sudden, he right. just puts in the ankle lock, and we're supposed to think that just and Dustin's selling it like death. Uh-huh. And then I'm just saying like why? You know, and then and and here's the best part. That remember at the end of the match, you said there was like a, like end of the match shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. Raven throws the shittiest super kick I've ever seen. And that <laughs> that knocks out Dustin just enough for him to get a get a whole of uh, a whole like what's that called? The straight jacket. Straight jacket on him. Where yep. Dustin doesn't even he doesn't even like 
resists. He just lets him put the jacket on him. And then he throws him into the ring, yeah. takes off the straight jacket, wraps yeah. it around the post. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then he whips him with a with a belt. But then it's like, you just put a whole heavy jacket on him. How much is that going to hurt? <laughs> so, just to kind of expand on what you're talking about. So, after the match, Raven puts on this straight jacket on Dustin. And not only does he not resist, but he kind of like helps him a little bit. <laughs> it's like this whole thing. He's taking so long to t- put the straight jacket on, rolls him into the ring. I don't even know what he does. He like punches him some, a little bit with the straight jacket on. And then he, he unties it like almost immediately. And then he ties, he like puts Dustin in the corner and then like ties the arms together which is like fine. You want to put him in the corner. It's like kind of like handcuffing him to the corner. It's fine. But then all he does is literally whip him with a belt like once or twice. <laughs> By the way, Dustin still has a shirt on. I, th- I think he did like undo the straight jacket, but he still had like a t-shirt on and he oh. did like this weak ass whip with a strap and then he just went home. <laughs> so it's like, it's so clear that like, and this is kind of a problem TNA had kind of like all throughout their, their lifespan. I guess they're still, you know, existing, but, um, you know, we, they bring in these legends or, you know, big names, but they just don't care. And it's like, it's cool that you can have these names on your card. It's like, oh, Raven's on, on this on this card. It must be a big show. But then you actually watch it, and it's so evident that neither of these guys <laughs> really care that much. You see that a lot with, like, we'll see that more in the main event. We'll see that. We've seen that in past pay-per-views in, in 2005, 2004. You know, they bring in, like, the Scott Halls and the Jeff Hardys even. These guys just they they feel like they're not on the big stage, and it's so evident, like in their faces and like what they're doing. And I feel like this match like represented that perfectly. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, like you know how we were talking about like how this match was a car wreck, right? Well, yeah. like no, that match, the match before was a car wreck. This one was a NASCAR pileup. Yeah, <laughs> it should have been the opposite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, but man, if you uh, just to continue on the TNA going to TNA stuff. What do you remember about Triton? Um, I saw that package and like I was like, "Who the heck?" You is saw his that? package? I missed that. <laughs> I must have been watching another video. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Triton holding his Triton. Um, so <laughs> uh, I I think it was that Mordecai. No, so I looked this up. Okay, because I had literally no recollection of Triton, yeah, and apparently, so he's I forget what his name is. He's he's no one big. Um. But he comes in. His Triton was big. It's his Triton. He had a huge Triton. Huge, <laughs> turgid Triton. <laughs> and uh, so he comes in. He like builds up to a match with like, uh, fuck who, like Monty Brown or somebody at the next pay-per-view. And then I think it's like a really bad match. And then they just kind of like throw him in a tag team. And then within like three or four months, he's, he's released. Uh-huh. So they have all this build up. They have, they have all these vignettes on Impact in this huge segment on this show on the pay-per-view and ultimately <laughs> it's just so funny that there's so much build-up with like literally no payoff uh, did, did he ever surface anywhere else like who was he um you know i'm gonna look it up right now all right cool, i cool. looked it up last night but i already forgot um <laughs> that's that's how significant it was ryan wilson was his name ryan wilson okay so uh-huh. he was with tna uh-huh. until may of 2005 and this show is like february 2005 <laughs> so <laughs> he uh oh i'm sorry june june but you know it's no better either way yeah but then by november of 2005 he's with ohio ohio valley wrestling in wwe oh, okay okay 
and see here. He wins the OVW championship at some wait, no, that's not him. Um yeah, he does nothing. And uh <laughs> so yeah, he pretty much is a non factor in, in all of wrestling. How old is he now? Sorry, we're just going down the rabbit hole with uh Ryan Wilson. <laughs> it doesn't even show his age. Nobody nobody cares. So uh <laughs> Wow <laughs> So yeah, that's uh that that's the ultimate uh <laughs> Triton. Triton's debuting on Impact next week. Nobody cares. <laughs> um but uh, what do we got here? Next match, finally got some some good, at least. NWA Tag Team Championship. We have America's Most Wanted versus Kid Cash and Lance Hoyt, otherwise known as Lance Archer, which is so funny, too. It's so funny. Like, you, you look at these guys in this match, and it's just funny to see, like, where they would go in the future. Like, Lance Hoyt, obviously, you know, is Lance Archer. Now he's a big deal in AEW. It might have taken him fucking 15 years to become a big deal, but he did it. And then uh, he got Braden Walker on the other team. So <laughs> I completely forgot that Chris Harris is Braden Walker, even though it's oh nice, dude. Like <laughs> what a callback, dude. It's one of my favorite knock knock. What is it? Uh, hey, knock knock. Gonna knock there? your brains out. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't oh. even know. It's not even a joke. Oh, I thought. Oh, 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 oh we'll yeah. do it again. We'll do it again. We'll do it okay, again. Yeah. Knock knock. What? God <laughs> fucking damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I was so ready. I was so ready. <laughs> Get away from my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you, you really want to do it? Because I kind of want to hear this joke now. I don't know if I want to do it anymore. Okay. Okay. Go. 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 Knock, knock. Who's there? Brayden Walker. And I'm going to knock your brains in. What the hell? That's the <laughs> Oh, man. This is- uh, so with that in mind, it's like you see Chris Harris going nose to nose with Lance Hoyt. Uh-huh. It's like, man, in 2020, this would be just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> AEW Dark. Exactly. <laughs> Watch match Dark. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this match for the tag titles, um, at this point, AMW actually has like a lot of momentum going. This like, like we talked about earlier, this is fresh off that, that match they had where Elix Skipper walked the cage. Um, they've had like a lot of really good matches with triple X and had a really good match with team Canada on the last pay-per-view. So they got a lot of momentum. They're probably like one of the bigger names as far as like homegrown guys they have right now. And, um, they're really making like the tag division mean something, which once again, just like the X division, that's something that's not really being provided by WWE. So it's really something that they're like identifying as something that differentiates themselves from the competition, which is good. Um, but you know, Kit Cash and Lance Hoyt, I had a <laughs> I had a tough time caring about them. I've never really liked Kit Cash. I don't know what it is. I think it's just because I hate um, Kid Rock, and that's obviously what he's going for. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Kid Rock? Uh, I'd rather talk about Kid Cash. If I, if yeah. <laughs> so would everybody else. Uh, but the match actually was pretty good. It, it had kind of a slow start. Um, <laughs> even some boring chance in the beginning, but it, it eventually kicked in. Um, some he had a crazy like springboard Hearn Carana from Kid Cash. Yeah, it almost like fucking crippled him, but it looked beautiful. Um, he had a sidewalk slam off the top rope from Lance Hoyt. Uh, but then ultimately towards the end. Kid Cash gets handcuffed to the ropes. Kinky. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of like AMW's thing. 
I guess. So they, they cuff <laughs> they're them. They, they're, they're in the cage. Don't kink shame them. Okay, Billy and Chuck. <laughs> um, God, I'm trying to think of like an acronym for AMW. Oh, my mind's man. not moving fast enough. We'll, 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 we'll put it in post. Um, all American <laughs> wet ass. Po- oh, God. All, all, all meaty wieners. I don't know. Oh, not bad. There we go. We got some. We'll, we'll, we'll workshop it a little bit. Okay. Um, <laughs> so um, I do like the uh, the end of this match because they're kind of working on James Storm's back during the whole match, and he's doing a great job at selling it. So when they go to hit the death sentence, which is like um, James Storm holds the guy like uh, cowgirl, I guess. I don't know how to describe. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. It's like it's like an airborne missionary. Do you remember the dicks from WWE? Yo, man, like that's what the hell are you doing? It was a tag team. You remember them? They had like suspenders. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. That was there. I don't know why I remember this. Yeah, the short dicks. The short. The short dicks. Yes. So the the chodes versus the who's. Yes, that that's 2000 SmackDown. Um, They wore like they wore uh, suspenders and, and neckties, right? Yeah, they were like Chippendale yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Literally, they had like a match, and then they were like thrown in the trash. Um, <laughs> but that—that's the same finisher they had. Is why I bring them up. Um, it's like a leg drop while uh, the other guy is holding them. But you know, James Storm is back. Has been worked on, so he can like barely get him up. And Chris Harris has to get the crowd, to, you know, clap and get behind him. And then he finally does it. He fights through the pain, and then they hit it, and then AMW wins. Um, so this match is a little better than I expected. I oh, I guess. I expected a lot from A&W, but I didn't expect a lot from Kid Cash and Lance Hoyt. So I guess it kind of met my expectations. Um, a lot of false finishes in this match. I don't know. It was, it was kind of a fun match towards the end. What do you think? Yeah, I agree 100%. Like, I was a big fan of Kid Cash because uh, I watched a lot of his stuff in ECW. So it was, it was fun to see him again. And like, yeah. like just like I was talking about Petey Williams earlier, Kid Cash is just as smooth, especially working the ropes. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, he was like basically like luchador level, like just like kind of like running around. I was like, man, this guy can go. Like, a, made it look really easy. Yeah, he made it look, exactly. He made it look really easy. So, so I, I loved like I loved watching Kid Cash work. And then like s- the one thing about Lance Hoyt, he must him and Ron Killings must be in the same like time machine, right? You know what I mean? This is fifteen years ago. They look exactly the same, and like Looks they're not. Better. Yeah, exactly. They look better. It's not like they're Asian, where it's like we have an excuse. You know, it's like yeah <laughs> like, like you know what i mean it's like they like they just he just looks incredible so so props to these two guys who don't who don't age yeah 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 so so i, I thought this match was all right it was like a basic match where like like you alluded to it was it was like they did they worked on um on uh james storm james storm like get they get the hot tag like there was a lot of good like near falls in this match like like uh i, I think uh kid cash actually hit storm with the title belt and then right. and then like and it was a good near fall, so I so I liked that a lot too. So this match was actually not bad at all. I, I it wasn't like you know like four star five star level match, but it was it was entertaining and and yeah. I didn't hate it. It's not a match I would go back and watch again, but I enjoyed it for the time I did watch it. Yeah, exactly. So it was good. But I hope you have some of those negative stars still in your in your satchel for this next match. Full Metal Mayhem. Abyss, oh. Abyss versus Jeff Hardy. Um, so first of all, I loved seeing these guys on SmackDown a few weeks ago. That was like my first thought when I saw this match. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. Whatever happened to that? By the way, I loved Joseph Park as 
AJ Styles, like, what was his statistician? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess he just got a really good tan and stopped talking. That would happen. That sounds, that sounds like a thing that would happen. <laughs> That's the skin cancer. Just yeah. <laughs> knock on wood. No, it's got cancer. I'm sorry. Speaking about cancer, let's talk about the <laughs> stipulation. What a, what a transition. <laughs> wow. You are on your game this morning, sir. <laughs> uh, but God, yeah, this, dude, this, so, this is like classic TNA where they have a stipulation, but they just take it like two levels too far. So... Full Metal Mayhem is a TLC match with a different name for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. So ladder match stipulation, you have to climb and grab the thing. But no, 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 not just one thing. You have two options of things to grab. So <sighs> there, there are two envelopes hanging from the rafters. One has a contract for a world title shot. One has nothing. So <laughs> it's like it's it's kind of a predecessor to the Feaster Fired concept they would rip off from WWE in the next couple of years, where it'd be like four briefcases in each corner, and each briefcase had like a different thing, but it's all based on luck, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like a foreshadowing to it. So yeah. So there's two. <laughs> yeah. What did, what did you think about the two envelopes thing? I actually didn't didn't hate it too much. Like at first, I was watching, I was like, well, "Really, you know?" But when when you think about it too, it's like it's like you create heat on the second uh the the second envelope because you know when when he mm-hmm. reached up to when you get the first envelope, you already know like, "Oh, there's nothing in there." So it's like, okay, now we know this match is gonna end. So I didn't hate it that much, but it was still pretty stupid because you know the whole idea of the match is, of course, to uh to get go up and grab the envelope that's the main idea and then you you know mm-hmm. you get up there and you still don't win yet because it's nothing in there you know yeah. i it just adds to like i guess it kind of adds to the mystery of what's gonna happen you know what right. i mean but then it's like you know at least they stuck to two envelopes because they could have easily went like 10 envelopes <laughs> like, yeah exactly and you're like you're like oh, that's not this one. Oh, there's, not a, this one. <laughs> there's a whole filing cabinet hanging from the <laughs> exactly and you, all you get is like a bunch of paper cuts which which with the best would be like a, another day of the office right yeah now, exactly. so. <laughs> <laughs> has to pull out his readers to look through fumble through all the files <laughs> yeah, exactly but then you know and actually it would for jimmy havoc it'd be like a it would just give him more weapons he'll just like take those those envelopes and cut you in their in your fingers and shit you know oh man that sounds like a thing czw would do yeah, yeah, like which if you ever want to review one of those one day, I'm down. <laughs> like, because those yeah. are train wrecks. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I didn't hate it as much, and like actually, I know how how you were asking about uh negative stars. This one was like it got a star for me because a star. Okay, yeah, it got a star for me because this match was to me was an ECW match with a budget. You know, because yeah. it's like if you, if it was basically an ECW match where where basically Hardy took all of uh, Sabu's moves move set. Everything yeah. from the Arabian face buster to like, you know, just the air air Sabu. He was doing all of Sabu's moves, you know, and like and so the only reason why I say it's this with the budget because the background is well lit and and it's all fancy. Right. Yeah, Whereas, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't hate this match. I thought it was a it was a well paced bump fest. Like the the Swan Town and the ramp was fun and predictable, but it was fun. Right. You know, where where he like, you know, goes through a crowd and like flips onto him, you know. Mm-hmm. So I I didn't hate it that much. The only thing of note, I don't know if you if you um, noticed this, was the ending bump. Where, yeah, where what the hell was that? Yeah, yeah, like where basically Abyss throws Jeff Hardy over the top rope and eliminates him from the Royal Rumble, 
and then Jeff Hardy lands at the two, four stacked tables. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm sure. It, I'm sure it was brutal to take. Yeah, yeah, it was. It looked brutal, but then like I'm sure it didn't go the well they wanted to, the way they wanted to, because Jeff Hardy just absolutely loses his shit. Dude, you know, t- yeah. He like yeah. He starts. He starts like mud hole stopping the table, like trying to break it, and like th- and this is the match is already over. <laughs> He's still like stopping right? away at the tables. So like I don't know what happened there. Like I don't I'm know. Kind if of no selling it. Yeah, he didn't know sold the match. He just got up, started getting, starting shooting on the tables for some reason, and like, <laughs> and like the commentators, they could have cleaned it up by like saying like, "Hey, you know, this match meant that much to Jeff Hardy." You yeah. know, he, he's really pissed off. But then you can do that. They're just like, "Oh, he's he's pissed." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just pissed in general. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah, I didn't hate the match either. I think I had maybe more expectations going in. I think the match I was thinking this was. Was their monsters ball match they had oh, okay. like later in the year? I thought that's what this match was, but it wasn't. Um, so I probably had higher expectations. So that's probably what because he hit like a way cooler Swanton and, and that that other match. Um, even though this one was pretty cool for what it was. Um, but yeah, the end of the match. So like we said, there, there's two envelopes, and Jeff Hardy climbs the ladder. He grabs one of them, and of course, it's the one with nothing in it. But I feel like they just didn't capitalize on it. You know, they, they, you know, he grabs it, he sees there's nothing in it. And you should like at that moment be feeling an emotion of like exhaustion, frustration. <laughs> the, the crowd didn't even seem like they saw him grab it. They like, <laughs> there was a zero reaction to it. And I thought, I don't know, maybe this, maybe this was the actual plan and something just went awry. We had that stack of four tables on the outside of the ring. So it would have made sense for Jeff Hardy to grab that envelope, see that nothing's in it. And then get pushed off as he's like despondent and like exhausted to get then pushed over through that stack of tables. That's what I thought was going to happen, especially he's on that big ass ladder. Yeah. So I don't know if they called an audible or maybe if a abyss fucked up or if Jeff Hardy fucked up. Actually, because I think Jeff Hardy, he like saw the envelope was empty and he just got right down and then shifted the ladder over to the other one. <laughs> he's you, like, oh, well, they're not, they're not like maximizing the value of what they're doing like because first of all you could just like put the ladder in between them I, f- I feel like right and just grab one or grab both of them they even mentioned that on commentary like oh jeff hardy he's got that tall ladder he could even put it in the middle and grab both contracts but then he just doesn't do it <laughs> so it makes him look like a bonehead yep yep but uh yeah i mean you know i didn't hate the match really um i think i just hi- had higher expectations and like the ultimately like the the concept, I don't feel like they really embraced it or executed it as well as they could have. Yeah, but judging from what you said, they made up for it later on with another with another uh, hardcore match. That's true. Yeah, and yeah. then same thing. Like I was expecting like thumbtacks and stuff too because I've seen like a bunch of clips of like Abyss going through thumbtacks like every single match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I was expecting that, but other than that, like I agree, it wasn't it wasn't the worst match in the world. I, I thought it was a fun bump fest. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's all that matters at the end. Yeah. Um, but man, next match. Team Canada versus Monty Brown and DDP. So <laughs> this match just reeks of like, oh, these guys aren't on the card. Let's just throw them in a tag match. And fun fact, it was actually supposed to be Scott Hall and Bobby Roode versus Monty Brown and DDP. But I guess so. I, I looked this up last night. I couldn't find anything on it. But uh-huh. I guess Scott Hall, he was done with T because he was on the impacts before this. He was on the previous pay-per-views. But I think he's gone until like 2007 at this point. So I don't know if he just like walked out or 
if he saw where he was on the card and said, fuck this, I'm not going to, you know, be in some, <laughs> some throwaway match or if he's just had another thing with alcohol or whatever the fuck. Um, probably a mixture of everything, honestly. Imagine that. Scott Hall being independable. That's <laughs> who would have thought? Wow. Who would have thought? <laughs> kind of worked out for the better, I think. Oh, absolutely. Imagine. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, like I said, it wasn't like a lot of heat to this match, but it was cool to see like Monty Brown and DDP because I'm, you know, big fans of both these guys, especially Monty Brown. Um, the pounce, God. You see people do the pounce nowadays still, but yeah. nobody comes close to doing it as well as our alpha male here. You beat me to it. I was going to say the exact same thing. This, this, That pounce that we saw in this match was probably one of the best pounces I've seen in a while. Yeah. Yeah, really good. And then diamond cutter after that. So you see like the two big finishers in TNA in one match. So for that, I guess it served its purpose. Um, kind of a cool down from the, the craziness of the last match and also leading into the next match. So uh, I wasn't offended by this match. It was, it was solid. Same here. I agree. I thought it was actually really fun. It was like it was like a nice like you know this is like a send the fans home happy match because it's yeah. like you know like it's like the the heroes the faces thwarting the the evil heels who kept cheating because it was like it was like a more of like a four on, four on two match and they just kept yeah. like you know like like stopping like the the heels from like their dirty tactics and like you know the fans are really into it so mm-hmm. uh, I actually liked it a lot especially the ending like yeah the, that big pounce and then having Eric Young fly off the top rope and like DDP hits the the diamond cutter right yeah because like i wanted to see a diamond cutter don't like i'm not gonna lie i was i kind of marked out for that I was like yes like a diamond cutter Woo! Yeah, yeah yeah it's always cool to see the the originator hit it yeah i just want to see ddp bang him uh so next match <laughs> <laughs> oh man what happened there oh man <laughs> so something so someone interfered <laughs> feedback <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> we'll, we'll try to recover. We'll try to recover. Uh, I, 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 I think I'm just going to assume that you didn't hear me. So I'm going to say, so I want to see DDP bang. <laughs> I'm just going to open the episode with that. And it's then, a, uh, with no context. It's, it's a sexual epithet that I'm trying to portray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was it? MJF had the shirt. It was like, I banged. DDP's daughter. Yeah, yeah, those something. Ah, uh, heel heat, MJF. The guy is so uh, good. Ah, yes. Ah, uh, yes. So, uh, X Division Championship on the line here in this next match. A 30 minute Iron Man match. AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels. Who doggy. So, I mean, you see this on paper. Paper, you know, it's going to be a good match. Um, although, I will like say, like, what are your thoughts on the Iron Man match concept in general? Uh, if done right, it could be really good. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's that's all I could say. Because like, I it kind of bugs me. You know, it's like the pin first pinfall should win the match. That's you know, it's like mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying like like and plus like when it comes to uh, Iron Man match. Like sometimes I just think of like, all right, if you finish somebody with like a, a big finisher in the middle of an Iron Man match, right, 15 minute mark, you hit him with like a let's just say a tombstone pile driver, right? Right. How, how come I just won't pin him for like nine seconds to get three points right there? You know, it's like, right, like, exactly. Yeah, that's the only thing that I don't like about Iron Man matches. But once again, if done well, like this match, it would be, it's good, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, the one thing with for me, it's kind of the same reason that I don't watch NBA is that it's like only the last couple minutes matter. Yeah. And it's like, because like you said, if done right, because I watched recently 
um, from Backlash 2001, uh, Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit in the Ultimate Submission match. Uh-huh. I really enjoyed that match because it was like a it was like a realistic because it was only submissions, so it's almost like an MMA like you know you can get a fall at any second. You know you can catch a guy with an arm bar and then they have to tap out, but they tap out not because they they're gonna lose the match, but because they, they want to preserve themselves for the rest of the match. Yes. If, if the guy breaks his arm, um, I'm, I'm going to be worthless if my arm's broken. So I have to tap out and submit a fall. But in this case, like a more traditional match, it's like, okay, he beat him clean in the middle of the ring. Yeah. So it's like, it's hard to like bounce back from that. I feel like to add on, to add on to what you said, like a, a good Ironman match would be good too. If like, let's just say someone got caught in a, in a uh, roll up, you know, it's like, it's, yeah. so it's like your same thing. You, you cut him in a roll up, right? But it's a fluke victory. Prove it. You know, and mm-hmm. now you got now you got to keep going because you know what I you got me, but now now I'm trailing, so I got to I can get in desperation mode, and then I could I could tie this up, and then the last few minutes will just be like you know a, a sort of like a two two count near fall fest because you're trying to get that last victory before the thirty minutes are up. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and I feel like that's kind of what this match was lacking a little bit. So I guess we okay. know. So they they start off with kind of a slower pace, which makes sense because. You know, it's obviously it's a 30 minute Ironman match, so it makes sense. Um, but about halfway through the match, Daniels wins with the Angels wings uh, after blocking a 450 splash. So that makes sense. You know, 15 minutes into a match, you get hit with a finisher and you, you get pinned. I, I can get behind that. Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, uh, AJ eventually ends up countering a back suplex into a roll up, like a fluky roll up pin for the win. So that ties them up at one and one. And then the match kind of keeps going on. AJ's busted open. Um, but the one thing like I, I alluded to earlier, what this match is lacking is that I didn't feel like there was urgency at the end of the match. I felt like Daniels was kind of like, I guess he's a heel. Maybe that's by, by design, but he I feel, felt like he was like kind of his pace was slow. He was taunting the crowd. He like went out <laughs> to the commentator's table and pointed to the title. said, hey, that's my title. Yeah. <laughs> It's like you're tied one and one. You need to get a, a fall here, bud. And there's three minutes left. Like, I don't know that that kind of it didn't take me out of it, but it kind of it kind of bugged me. Like the lack of urgency that was at the end of this match. Yeah, and then like that's that's like that sense of urgency adds to a match. You know, like you, you yeah. can, like you really get behind someone because you can feel that they're they're trying to they're really trying to win this match. But it's like it's like you know that that lackadaisical like you know like feel to it. Definitely takes you away from it, but I mean, I wasn't mad at it because, like, I like the the last exchange where um where what's his name uh, Daniels gets gets uh Styles and what was it Koji Clutch, yeah, and like it, it's t- kind of remind and like you know like he puts him in the submission and AJ's got to hold on, you know, just like he can't tap because this you yeah. know then the match is gonna be over, you know, and and it kind of uh, reminded me of uh what's his name. Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. I was literally, yeah, I was gonna bring that exactly, up. Exactly, exactly. Where like the blood's just pouring out of AJ's head, and then you're just you're just trying to see if he's gonna give up, and then mm-hmm. the blood just added like that, that, just a little bit, a little ounce of drama to it. So, yeah. so this wasn't the best uh, Iron Man match I've ever seen, but I mean, it still you know worked well to the to the concept. You know, there was a lot of like a uh, like for for instance, you know how you added how you um talked about that four fifty. You know, yeah. like maybe maybe AJ was a little overzealous. Like he wanted to get that that lead so bad, he hit the 450, but it mm. wasn't ready for the 450. You know, and right. that's what led to his downfall. That's that's what led to him going down one because he made that mistake because he knew it was an Iron Man match and he did something that he wouldn't normally do in a regular match. 
Right. Yeah. So I, I that's why it's like you know a lot of stuff did make sense too. So so yeah, I I, I thought it was okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I liked it overall, and uh, I guess we should <laughs> mention the end of the match. Um, so like you said, Daniels has him in the Koji clutch. AJ Styles is bleeding, blood's everywhere. He's about to tap out. He's about to pass out. But then the uh, the clock strikes zero, so it's a draw at this point. But then uh, old the old director of authority, I forgot what his title was for a second. The director of authority comes out, Dusty Rhodes, and he calls for sudden death. So they do a sudden death. They keep they continue the match, and then uh, ultimately AJ Styles is able to fight through the pain and hit a Styles Clash on Daniels for the win, retaining his X division championship. So it definitely keeps Daniel strong. I think because he kind of had him beat towards the end of the match, I think. Um, and it should be, no- it should be noted also, this is their first match in TNA, which is crazy because to-, to think about the-, the entire rivalry they had for like the rest of the decade, pretty much and beyond. Yeah. And um, so it's it definitely like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, you know, there's a lot of like, first chapters and bigger stories. Like we saw that with Jeff Hardy and Abyss. And we're kind of seeing that here too with AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels because, you know, it's a good match, but it definitely sets them up for uh, even better things in the future. So with that in mind, uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. Are you telling me that uh, TNA had some more Raven versus Justin Rhodes matches down the line? I think so. I think they actually main event the next pay-per-view um, <laughs> in the, uh, <laughs> what's, what's the red in cage? The oh, the climb out. Oh man, I forgot what it was called. I know you're oh, talking about Ultimate God. X. No, that's not Ultimate X. It's, yeah, it's like something. Yeah. It's something similar to that. Whatever it is. Oh, I it think was Raven. A, I think they 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 had another match. It was the the full plastic mayhem. <laughs> I think they both just get in straight jackets and headbutt each other for fifty minutes. <laughs> it would have been more entertaining entertaining than that last match. You know, I'm like half joking because that sounds like a thing. Would do straight jacket match. Look that up because, like, I mean, it was probably another one of those orange clockwork matches or something. Yeah, it's probably like a straight jacket on a pole or like a, a straight something. jacket on a pole. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, but, anyways, this was no straight jacket on a pole match. I like the Iron Man match. The main takeaways, like, well, for one thing, I wanted to add was like, I forgot that AJ's TNA theme was so awesome. Yeah. I oh, love yeah, that for theme. Sure. I was like, whoa, you know, I completely forgot about this. It's okay because you know he's got that cool theme now. Like, like, uh, but that was one thing. And the other thing was like this match just kind of solidified for me that everything AJ does, he does it with such like p- power and uh, pun intended impact. Ah, uh, fun. Yeah, he was so good. It was like nonstop. Yeah, he's so smooth. <laughs> yeah, so smooth. And he was not even that. He was like very hard hitting, and like yeah. it was just great. Like whether he was selling or on offense, I just couldn't help but watch it. It was it was that good. And then Christopher Daniels was there, but AJ Styles, he was just so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just heard what you said. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, he was definitely. I mean, they they meshed really well together. Um, definitely in the future, and especially when you add Samoa Joe to the mix. Yeah, fucking wait for that to get to that, but uh. Yeah, AJ, I, I agree with you. He's definitely like he's like the ultimate babyface. Where you know he has when he has fire, he has fire, and you believe in it. Um, but also when he sells and all that, you can also believe in that. So yeah, and he, he would only get better, which is insane. I'll tell you one thing: like like I said, I haven't watched much TNA, and then after watching this match, it's like man, I want to see some more AJ Styles because I never really saw TNA AJ Styles. So oh really? Yeah, yeah, like, dude. I, yeah, 
I, I've seen I've seen all of his New Japan stuff, but mm-hmm. you know now now that I've seen this match, you know he's younger, and it's like it's just so much better. So I I got I got thank you for that. Yeah, for sure. I mean f- the the pay per view before this, um, there was the Ultimate X match between him, Petey Williams, and uh, Chris Saban. That's another like awesome match to see. That, that's like the ultimate AJ Styles TNA match. Man, I feel just, like just add Michael Shane. That's five stars right there. Dude, every match could use a little bit of Michael Shane. <laughs> From now on, I'm not even going to call him that anymore. He's only going to be Shawn Michaels' cousin. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not a t-shirt, <laughs> you know. somebody's m- missing out. Uh, God. But that brings us to the main event. <sighs> um, the <laughs> NWA World Championships on the line. Jeff Jarrett versus Kevin Nash. And just to remind everybody, this is not 2000 WCW. <laughs> this is 2005 TNA. Um, man, where do you even begin? Um, so I guess the whole premise, the whole backstory here. So Jarrett's been champion since May, and this is February. So that's what, like eight months, nine months, something like that. And so he's like the longest champion that TNA's had. Uh, his, his reign of terror is f- firmly underway. And uh, Kevin Nash, who was just in a faction with Jeff Jarrett like a month ago, but now all of a sudden he's a babyface. Who knows why? But um, that's pretty much the backstory here is that Kevin Nash wants to uh, win the one title that he's never won because he's been a champion in WCW, WWE, but he's never been an NWA champion. So that's his goal here. And then Jeff Jarrett's just going to Jeff Jarrett. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) the stipulation here. Sorry. Is that because this is important? If Jeff Jarrett loses, if Jeff Jarrett uses the guitar, he loses the title. So, what does he do? He brings out a cello. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta admit, I popped hard for the cello. Me too, actually. That's not a sentence I've ever said before, and probably nothing, probably not one I will say again. But I popped hard for that cello, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so. It's like but, me, me describing my first boner. <laughs> <laughs> Call it a cello or is it a viola? Hey! <laughs> We're all Asian. Told, we all have tiny penises. Who told you this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so they they fight to the, the match starts. They fight to the back. It's a very like Attitude Era-esque match. And they never like say that this is a no disqualification match, but then they just start using weapons and the ref's like, Oh, you're big. So I guess that's okay. Um, they fight to the back. Jeff Jarrett's busted open. His blonde hair is red. Um, they're fighting all in catering. They come back to the ring and that's when Jeff Jarrett brings out the cello and he, he wheels the cello. He he grabs the cello by the handle and it's a fucking cello. So it's heavy. So the handle breaks off of course, because it's a fucking cello. And so he just grabs like the base, whatever you call it, of the, the, the chassis of the cello and just hits Nash in the knee with it, which I'm sure hurts. I mean, cellos are pretty heavy. Um, but uh, and then they fight for a little longer. Chairs involved. Uh, it's, you know, it's Kevin Nash in 2005. It's Jeff Jarrett in 2005. You, you know what you're getting into. You're going to need some shenanigans. Um, Nash eventually grabs the cello 
And he goes to hit Jeff Jarrett with it. And the ref, for some fucking reason, is like, no, 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 you can't do that. Even though they've been using weapons this whole goddamn match. And the stipulation is that Jarrett can't use instruments, not Nash. So it's like, why are you stopping Nash from using the cello? So it's a whole thing. I think a ref bump occurs somewhere or low blow. Um, and then uh, Kevin Nash jackknifes Jeff Jarrett through the cello. <laughs> Fuck out. Fuck out. That man has a family through the cello. And, uh, man. And then the end of this match, which, uh, where do I even begin? So jackknife through the cello goes for the pin, but who comes out to save Jarrett? The one Billy Gunn, Mr. Ass comes out and he lays out Kevin Nash, puts Jarrett on top of him. Ref comes to, he counts, one, two, kick out. Uh, then X-Pac comes out, <laughs> fucking, is, it gives the X-Factor to uh, fucking Kevin Nash. No, Jeff Jarrett. Sorry, this is so much, so many pieces. It's hard to keep track. No, you, you, you got it going, man. I, I, so I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm re-watching in my mind right now. It's, it, this is going to be better than actually watching the match. <laughs> so, <laughs> so to recap, so Billy Gunn comes out, then the next puck comes out and then Billy Gunn comes back. He's going to try to lay out Kevin Nash again, but road dog comes to make the save grabs the title belt that Billy Gunn is wielding. And they're all, they're all in each other's face. And then fucking, uh, what even happens after that? So Jarrett comes to, him and Nash start fighting again in the ring. Uh, Jarrett shoves the ref down again. I don't know how many goddamn bumps this ref has, took and has taken during this match. But uh, Jarrett shoves the ref, gives Kevin Nash a low blow, even though it's been already established that there's no disqualifications in this match. So Jarrett gives Nash the low blow, gives him the stroke, and gets the one, two, three. Whew. That's a lot. That's a lot. Um, thoughts? Oh, I'm sorry. You're talking to me. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Oh, uh, man. I don't, where to start with this match? Okay. So, I, I'm like, this match literally has me speechless. You know, I've been, I've been talking shit this whole, this whole podcast, but this match was like, what? But first of all, I gotta say, anytime he said cello made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I've said cello more times in the last five minutes than I have. In my whole life. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be out in the real world. Someone's going to be like, oh, yeah, my daughter plays a cello. But like, first of all, during that match, you know, they went to catering. They dropped all that food. My agent side was like, no, that food. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> they wasted that food. Like, you know, like, like all those fans who were watching that match were like cheering that match. And I would have been that one guy picking up the fry from the from the floor. <laughs> did, you, did you hear Don West when that happened? No, what do you say? He was like, oh, I'm so bummed. I was going to bring some of that home for supper. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was serious. <laughs> like, <Probably. they> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like I would have been that one fan, like, like trying to eat the, the piece of the burger that didn't hit the ground. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> That's what? how much Jared's blood on it. Yeah, it's like, what match? Like, mm, actually iron. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, what you, like, the way you, you, describe that match didn't do it any justice you know it was just like you know how much i shat on the the insanely dumb booking of that dustin Rhodes versus raven match yeah the, it added it, the same booker must have been the agent for this match 
because you're right nothing made goddamn sense like what what bugged the shit on me was like yeah the ref let everything go right so then so then you know jeff Jarrett starts working the knee puts nash in their figure four and nash is just fighting just fighting to get to the ropes right mm-hmm. what's the incentive for jeff Jarrett to let go of that the whole exactly exactly when, when nash gets to the ropes why would he break it when he's not gonna get disqualified anyway Mm-hmm. You know, so that's one thing where I was like, oh, my dear Lord, you know, consistency. Yeah. And then like, and same thing, like, you know, like with all the run-ins, like the run-ins out, this is where I'm going to give TNA credit. The point of a match, right. Is to entertain, mm-hmm. right. As much as all these run-ins didn't make any goddamn sense, the fans ate it all up. Yeah, you know, I, I ate mean, it all up. I, yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like anytime someone new came out, you're like, oh my God, it's Billy Gunn. Oh my God, it's X-Pac, you know? And then like, here's, here's, here's where like I was laughing because, okay. So you know how the ref takes a bump, right? Which time? Oh yeah. Well, I, yeah. He, that's a great point, you know, but there's this one point where, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I think Nash takes, takes, uh, Jarrett uses him as a battering ram and hits the ref. Uh-huh. And then, and then, and then, the, and then uh, the the ref's out cold. And then, of course, Nash just hit the ref, but then he goes for for the pin, and he gets mad because the ref's knocked out. And he can't count. He, he literally like twists him like sideways. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so okay, so so Billy Gunn comes out and hits Nash with the chair, right? So the count, the the ref just has enough wherewithal to to count this, and it's a near fall, you know. And like, fine, it's a two count, right? So an mm-hmm. X Pac runs out, and the ref. Passes out again, just so he doesn't look at X Pac. <laughs> there was, out. yeah, there was no bump. The ref just like, right? Yeah, he just conveniently passes out, and the X Pac does does his uh, what, what you know, the X Factor. Which, by the way, like, make fun of me all you want. X Pac is wearing the exact same outfit that he he wore that he did in one, one night in China. Was he? <laughs> <laughs> I was literally like, I saw him. It's like he's either he's wearing curtains yeah. or he's about to go to a. A you porn video after this, and you're right. So, yes. So so then so then yeah. So the, I'm gonna give uh, TNA credit as as much as asshole that there was in this match. The near falls popped. You know, like the, you you got them. You got people yeah. kicking out of the X Factor. You got people kicking out of the of a of a, a low blow. You got someone kicking out. Like you know, it took two strokes to win that match. So it's mm-hmm. like. So I mean, as much as I didn't want to like it, I liked it a lot. <laughs> it was like, dude, that's what I was thinking. Like I, I was watching it, and I was like, "This is so bad," but I love it. Yes, like I would actually recommend this match, but I also would recommend someone watching Jackass. You know, it's like, yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, Honestly, like if I had to like point to one match to watch from this show, like anybody listening, I'd probably watch this match just because of how ridiculous it was. And I would tell him to go nowhere near the Raven Dustin Rhodes match because <laughs> <laughs> that was just bad. Like it wasn't even car. Cr- I mean, it was it was like a like a running out of gas. Bad. This yeah. was car crash. Bad. <laughs> there you go. Or someone just sitting there standing with a ga- empty gas tank. That's what yeah. That yeah. <laughs> just stutters to a stop and is kind of bummed out. Yeah, but uh, I mean, whatever. Like the this match was the main event for a reason. It had the the biggest names. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I would have been mad if, like, if the, if the last match was, like, Jeff Hammond dropping, like, a pit stop on, on Frank Kazarian. <laughs> you know? That's how you send the crowd home happy. Or send them, like, well, that's, like, you know, that's why you mentioned the crowd. The crowd were hilarious. Like, I like I, there was something about mm-hmm. Impact Plus where the crowd, like, was drowned out. But I could hear, like, you know, during the, the, the uh, Jeff Hammond match, the, ch- the crowd was chanting, NASCAR sucks. NASCAR sucks. <laughs> 
And I didn't catch this, that. And then during this match, they're chanting Super Shredder. There's oh, like, no. So you're like, you know what I'm talking about, right? They're alluding to Kevin Ash in the Teenage Mutant, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. Right. So it's like this fan was actually a smarky crowd. Like the this crowd was, you know, they're actually pretty smarky. And that and yeah. I'm the reason I'm bringing up the fans is they made this event for me. Oh, the for fans sure. Totally made this event for me. They were they were like really hyped the whole the whole event. And I'm just sitting there like, what are they hype about? But you know what? They must have been serving them some good shit before that event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like a lot of what TNA's charm was. Because they were always in that impact zone, right? So it's kind of similar to like what NXT was at Full Sail. It's like these people that are like always coming, and it's like a very intimate setting. But there's like a good amount of people there, and the people that are there, at least at certain points in TNA's run, they were pretty passionate about what was going on. So I feel like their energy was always high. And, and um, no yeah. way they paid to get in there. Oh, exactly. Everything's better when it's free. Yeah. See, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think the crowd was uh, pretty well for. The, they were hot for stuff that deserved them to be hot. Yeah. I'll put it that way. They weren't yeah. hot for Raven versus Dustin Rhodes, but nobody was. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, man, that pretty much uh, wraps it all up. Against All Odds 2005. What a... Uh, I mean, I will, I, saw, I will say this. It's not like a show that I feel like somebody needs to go back and watch, but I feel like it's definitely... Um, it was a fun watch for what it was, and I think it set up a lot of stories that would continue to unfold in the future for so for that reason i feel like it served its purpose yeah i agree i agree completely it was it's not like one of those must watch shows but uh against all odds it entertained me yeah it did against all odds of it being tna yeah exactly <laughs> um so yeah man any other uh thoughts last nickels on this show uh the only other thing i want to add is like mike tanae and don west Oh, dude, yeah, I was going to bring them up earlier. I'm so glad. Oh, no, that's, um, yeah, like, those guys deserve the raise because they were able to make anything sound exciting. They were, yeah. they were uh, same energy level the whole event. Like, mm-hmm. it could have been a headlock. Don West is like, he's going to rip his ear off! You know, <laughs> like, you know, it was, it was just, they, those two guys are good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they added to this event. So the crowd, props to them, props to, to Don West. And, like, and, and the main thing is this, like, this, I, I was very unfamiliar with TNA, and then this event actually made me interested in watching more, especially how you said, like, these are were storylines adding mm-hmm. to future events, adding to future, like, uh, X Division matches, future feuds, and it's like, it, it did its purpose. It entertained, so thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, it's always, I mean, especially, I don't know if you got Impact Plus or how you watch the show, but, it, I mean, it's like $7 a month, and I feel like it's worth it if you just want, because you know some people don't like the COVID era stuff, like the lack of crowd and all that. So if you want to go back into a different time and watch some uh, some silliness, and I'm not, you know, Impact Plus isn't paying me for this, but I think it's definitely a worthwhile investment if you want to like kind of get away from what's going on nowadays. Yeah, yeah, and then the other thing is like, like yeah, you asked me how I watched. I did get Impact Plus the first month, but I've got one month to decide if I if I'm gonna keep this or if I'm gonna get rid of my Disney Plus, which would be kind of hard. Yeah, (laughs) Sophie's choice, basically. But but yeah, it's like they have current stuff too, so it's a worth. But but yeah, but going back to Mike Tanay and Don West, like like, I'm so glad you you mentioned that because they were they had like there's something to like commentators having like a true like feeling invested in the show. Like whenever they had their on cameras, you can tell like they were like into the show and they were into the storylines and they just had like high energy. 
throughout the show, like you said. And Mike Tanay is like one of the smartest guys in wrestling. So I thought he, uh, I think he provides a, uh, a really good role as a, a play-by-play guy. And then Don West, I mean, like you said, he can make anything entertaining. He's just like, I don't know how that dude doesn't have migraines every single fucking day with how much he yells and so much energy. And like, they, they did a really good job, like outside of their energy. Like I brought this up earlier, that opening match with Elix Skipper and uh, PD Williams, like for all intents and purposes, this is a match that doesn't really matter, but then they, they do a really good job at explaining like, Oh, the winner of this match will get high consideration to be in a future title match. Um, or even like the Dustin Rhodes Raven match again, a match that who, who cares about the stakes. Right. But they're like, Oh, Dustin Rhodes, he, he wants to be NWA champion just like his dad. So a win here against a established name and Raven would, you know, provide it. And it didn't really help. It didn't really make me enjoy the match necessarily, but all those attempts to like create stories and meaningful stakes in every match, I think added to the show a lot. I couldn't agree more, man. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's all I got. Um, so yeah, you guys get show. You guys had an episode drop a few days ago, or mm-hmm. I guess when this comes out, it was a few weeks ago, but you guys are back. Why don't you uh, tell everybody about what you guys are doing over there? Yeah, so we're, we're st- we just started. Uh, we just came back after a good month, uh, month and a half off. Um, it's the Get Show Boys. Uh, once again, same thing, but that barbershop feel. Like, we don't take things too seriously. We have a lot of fun. Like, the main thing, like our, our coup de gras, if you will, our finishers, our, our sweaty sessions. Like, mm. this past week, we did our own Dream Survivor Series teams. And then the, uh, the week before that, we did uh, wrestlers, if they were horror, horror movie characters. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys just just we have a lot of fun we like the same stuff you see on twitter we do in real life and then we just when we're just you know you'll see that you know we've been lifelong friends so we have that that chemistry that you guys won't see and anywhere else and then like the main thing is wrestling is supposed to be fun and we make it fun whether it's fun or not you know you're you're not gonna like every episode but you're like of wrestling but you're like every episode of us so once again mm-hmm. i'm sorry i'm, I'm kind of rambling but it's because i love it right, go for it yeah so it like we could be we could be followed at uh at Get Show Podcast. Get Show is G E T C H O. Like Get Show. That's what we that's what we are. Like so. And then me. Uh yeah. Like it's it's all about that podcast. You can you can find me there too. And yeah, that's it. That's all I got going on. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I'll put all the information all the information in the description here too. And yeah, Get Show. Like you said, man. You guys have fun, and I feel like when I listen to a podcast, I want to be entertained, and you guys always do that you know, while, you know, maintaining wrestling and all that stuff. So definitely a good listen. If you, if you, if you like the, the, the nonsense that me and Charlie have been spewing in this please, episode, you'll love their podcast. Please forget my line of jokes or Raven jokes. Like they, they were funny in my head when I was like, you know, thinking, but, but jokes are never funny when you pre-plan them. <laughs> I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you that right now, guys. Did you have them, did you have them written down? Kind of. It was like, it was like written shorthand. You know, it's like it's like, oh my god, that's so funny! Like, you know, it's like, is that Raven or is it that so Raven? You know, like, like I enjoyed I, it. I, I always enjoy a good Raven Simone reference. Exactly. It's like, like, like I, I was like thinking, like, you know, I had all these like fat Raven jokes, but sort of like, ah, dang it! Then, it <laughs> unless it's like organic, you know. 
I'm going to tell you what, that makes them 10 times more funny now to me. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm like, so it was like, like now that I'm saying it without any pressure of making it funny, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> your, your, your lack in confidence in the jokes just amplifies how funny. <laughs> I honestly hate it when I was, I hated it when I said it. So anyway, it's not indicative to what our podcast is. These guys script their whole episode. At the, they all have lines. They, they, they go over it. They practice it. And then they perform it for you guys. I do it in the mirror. Yeah, I see him. I watch him do it. Exactly. Know. Like it's my OnlyFans twenty nine nine um twenty nine nine per month. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's yep. Zelino Vega prices. That's what I'm saying. Well, I just I know Zelino's beggar, so that's better. So I just went one cent under. Uh yeah. Don't don't undersell yourself like that. Yeah, my 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 PP is Alistair Black size, so. Oh man, that felt. <laughs> oh, cut that out of your podcast, dude. Just, just edit. <laughs> I'm going to end it right. <laughs> oh man, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, let me go back. Did you say that I had a small cock earlier? What the hell? <laughs> no, I thought we were just gonna glaze over that. <laughs> I only assume, right? I mean, I'm Asian too. We all have tiny wieners, right? <laughs> wait, wait who, who's, what's this wee stuff? Are you French? I mean, what's what's going on here? Hey, we wee. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> four four inches is big, right? Yeah, flaccid or <laughs> on a good day, on a heavy hang, heavy hang day. There's like a lot of humidity in the air. Oh man, it's 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 big. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So thank well, you for having me on. Like I I, I don't mind it be, like doing a Saturday morning recording because this is fun. It's fun looking back and and actually this is it's new to me. Damn it! So so exactly. thank you, thank you very much for having me on. Absolutely. I'd love to have you on again if you want. I hate making you. <laughs> I feel like I'm like making you an indentured servant if I have you on too many times. Uh, I'll, if you'll have me, I'll, I'm good, dude. Like four in the morning. Let's do it. Two in the morning. Just just let's fucking go. Uh, that would be that would be a CCW. If it was like three in the morning, I'd have to be like what, like a bottle of Jack Daniels in, dude. Dude, yeah, I was about to say, let's just day drink, drink all day, all night and then get on at two in the morning and just try to crawl through an episode. Yep, it's like it's. Am I puking because of the drinking or because of uh, the Raven versus uh, Dustin? <laughs> Whoever can stay awake the longest. <sighs> but, anyways, man, I'll let you uh, continue with your day. Uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on, dude. Uh, not a problem, man. It's my pleasure. Once again, thank you to Charlie from the Get Cho podcast for joining me today to uh, talk about some TNA Against All Odds 05. Really, really fun time, and I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, Like I said, all the info in the description of this podcast for uh, ways to follow Charlie, ways to follow me, uh, apronbump.com, OnlyFans uh, backslash apronbump, uh, all all the usual, all the usual. You can get my uh, my cosplays up there for uh, a cheap price of three hundred dollars. So uh, go check that out. <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah. Once again, thank you guys once again for listening. I'm flaccid. And fun.